Tonight on Stew Does America, New Hampshire celebrates its freedom from annoying reporters constantly filling all of their diners. We look at the winners, the losers, and the dropouts. Plus, we look at what's coming up in Nevada, other than those same reporters from New Hampshire flying into town and boosting the profit margins of all the local brothels. Don't forget to click the subscribe button and get every episode for free. Please rate and review this podcast. That way I can afford to give a good education to my children and they won't have to resort to a life of journalism. Mm. This is Stu Does America. Stu Does America. Now look, just like serving on the board of Burisma, any idiot can run down the results of Hampshire. You pretty easily summarize it by basically saying, a white person beat out a bunch of other white people. At this point, honestly, the primary field is whiter than the stuff on the ground in New Hampshire, or what is left on the dashboard of a car rented by Hunter Biden. But how can you truly understand what actually happened? How can you possibly know what nondescript dullard is right for you? Mmm, such a tough choice. It's actually pretty helpful if you think about the field as the cast of The Office. For example, Michael Bennett. You know who he is, of course? <laughs> He's a sitting U.S. senator with finished with 905 votes, which equates to a crisp 0.3%. Incidentally, the same alcohol percentage of Michelob Ultra. Hmm. Who is Michael Bennett? Well, I don't know. I don't even think his family knows. But on The Office, who is Michael Bennett? Believe it or not, here he is. It's, it's not Jim, no. It's the, it's the guy in the background. The guy over his shoulder there, that guy. That's, that's pretty much Michael Bennett. Uh, he, I don't even know if he knew he was even in the scene. Uh, that's the kind of impact he's had. Michael Bennett, mm, right after this scene, he actually kind of disappeared and his family has never even seen him again. Just like the real Michael Bennett. I mean, I assume. I, I assume they don't want to see him after that uh, state disaster. How about Andrew Yang? Now, Andrew Yang had a little bit of a run. You know, like Bennett, he also dropped out right after the polls closed in New Hampshire. Yes, he finished eighth with 2.8%, but he did finish first on Reddit. Andrew Yang is basically Oscar from The Office. He's always kind of talking about math, and he's probably one of the only competent people in the entire show. But he doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't get a lot of words out. And unfortunately, he handed half of his uh, economics plan uh, and his signature policy completely to be designed by Kevin carrying chili. I'm serious about this stuff. I'm up the night before pressing garlic and dicing whole tomatoes. I toast my own ancho chilies. He's scooping it up with the universal basic income plan. It still hurts to watch, I think. Incidentally, uh, Andrew Yang is also the most likely candidate to be featured in a future State Farm commercial. Tulsi Gabbard uh, finished with just 3.2% in New Hampshire. She's basically the Angela Martin of the office. Uh, when you think about it, she's probably the smartest person there. I think we can all kind of agree on that one. Uh, but no one in the party or the, or the office really seems to like her that much. And much like Tulsi, Angela only smiles about once every three months. At the end of the day, you kind of have to ask yourself, Angela, why don't you just go to another office where there are some sane people? Um, and that's, that's, that goes for you too, Tulsi. Just leave. Tom Steyer is the billionaire with the thousandaire personality. He finished sixth with an almost noticeable 3.6%. He is basically the Democratic Party's Toby Flenderson. All Toby wants to do is to have someone who actually likes him. He's trying so hard. He's always hanging around with the sad puppy dog eyes, trying to be part of the group. Yet people just find him to be a massive irritant. Hey everyone, let's get your boss laid Saturday. 
Oh no, not the hand on the knee. Don't do it, Toby. That's every interaction with Tom Steyer, is it not? That is basically every interaction with Tom Steyer right there. All he does is just agree with Bernie Sanders over and over and over again, Launch. He can, if we win, we can get the right thing, Bernie. I am with you. Exactly what Bernie Sanders is saying. I got to agree with Bernie Sanders. And I got to, Senator, I do. I do, I do. He should just put his hand on Bernie's knee. It would have been a lot better. Could he be any more pathetic? If they weren't on stage, I do think there is a chance that Steyer's hands started inching up Bernie's thighs. I think it's possible, but who knows what happens backstage at those events. Democrats love to tell us that billionaires are so powerful that they can buy elections and they can influence the country in all sorts of horrible ways. But Steyer can't even buy a friend. I mean, it's really sad. Like Toby Flenderson level sad. Joe Biden uh, is got, uh, I mean, you want to talk about sad, 8.4%, uh, really bad. I don't really think there's a doubt about it on this one. Uh, Joe Biden is clearly Michael Scott. I mean, from the very beginning, everyone tells you he's in charge, right? Yet no one seems to be able to understand why. Like Michael, he doesn't seem to be able to speak the English language very well. Because guess what? Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, a school teacher and a firefighter? It's ridiculous. And they pay a lower tax. It, It is ridiculous. Now, maybe he has a likable moment here and there, you know, but generally speaking, he's a bumbling idiot. And he also has issues with personal space, like that time that Michael forced a kiss onto Oscar. And you know the stuff Joe has done. I mean, we all remember the scene. How about the Ukraine scandal? Joe Biden's got one, right? Well, that's definitely Biden's Scott's Tots scandal. The only difference is Michael Scott promised a kids, uh, you know, at school a bunch of money that he didn't come up with. Biden's kids, they had no problem getting the cash. In the end, though, everyone thought Michael Scott would be there forever. He'd be around the entire series. But you know what? He dropped out way before everyone expected. That's coming up on the next episode of Biden 2020. Elizabeth Warren wound up with only 9.3%. Who is Elizabeth Warren on the office? I say Kelly Kapoor. Now, honestly, I don't have that much to go for on this one, really. I mean, they're just both Indians, so... Amy Klobuchar crashed in her relative anonymity with a surprising 19.8%. Amy is essentially Jan Levinson from The Office. Now, on paper, Klobi should have been a top-tier candidate this whole time. She has a great electoral record, pretty much better than anyone running. And that's Jan, too, from The Office. She was the boss. She seems super competent. You could see how someone would want to hire her until they really get to know her, like Amy Klobuchar. Behind the fancy resume actually lives an abusive and manipulative psychopath. Allegedly. 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 Now, eventually, voters are going to duck. Good to see you, Senator. Now, second place goes to Pete Buttigieg with 24.4%. Pete is undoubtedly, undoubtedly Andy Bernard. They share the same incredibly goofy smiles I mean, you're telling me uh, Mayor Pete never was in an acapella group? You know he was. And of course, there is nothing uh, either Andy or Pete want more in the whole wide world for you. I mean, they want you to know where they went to college. That's it. I mean, Andy said Cornell all the time. Pete's Harvard or whatever. Oh, shut up. And like Pete, Andy seemed to be kind of a pretty good addition to the cast initially. I mean, dude was in the hangover after all. But honestly, by the end, you realize They're both just really annoying characters that you wish you were never aware of. 
And in first place is in New Hampshire, of course, is Bernie. We know this. Bernie Sanders, 25.7% of the vote. The lowest percentage of any New Hampshire winner in modern history. Who is Bernie? Bernie is Creed. Uh, it's a little bit of a surprise, I think, but uh, you might think Creed is a minor character in the office, but no. Creed is the cult character of the series. Similarly, all of Bernie's voters are members of cults. Like Bernie, uh, no one knows exactly, I I don't think anyone knows exactly how Creed got his job. Seems completely impossible. But both people have uh, very questionable personal histories littered with creepy sexual writings. And clearly Bernie has to be the only candidate uh, who would be likely to do an on-camera interview covered in blood for no reason. Plus, there's absolutely no doubt that Bernie Sanders is most likely uh, the candidate to have used this phrase in his life. In the 60s, I made love to many, many women, often outdoors, mm-hmm. in the mud and the rain. And it's possible a man slipped in. Would be no way of knowing. <laughs> I hope picturing that scenario with Bernie Sanders involved haunts your dreams almost as much as the thought of him being your president. Who does America? All right, before we continue, I'd like to take a moment to let you know that I am internally grateful that you've decided to waste 44 minutes of your life watching this stupid show. If you're watching on Blaze TV, uh, extra thank you because you're our secret favorites. Now, if you're watching on YouTube or listening as a podcast, we love you as well, but we would love you even more. That's right, we would love you more if you went over here and hung out with us a little bit on Blaze TV. Consider a subscription to Blaze TV where you'll get the, uh, your fee, which is going to be helping fund shows like this and other Good shows as well, like Glenn Beck or Mark Levin or Steven Crowder and others that I don't have time to name. Use the promo code STU and get 10 bucks off your subscription. That's promo code STU at blazetv.com. We'll be right back. Well, the uh, big New Hampshire thing happened last night, and I know everyone's fascinated by what socialist is going to be running against Donald Trump. I don't know. Who could it be? Uh, help us uh, figure all of this out is Sarah Gonzalez, of course, from The News and Why It Matters and Unfiltered on YouTube, which you totally, totally go and subscribe to. Yes. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks are, for having me. Are you interested in this or not? Because I, I usually am really like pumped up for election time. And I don't know if it's just because all of these people would destroy the country. I don't know if that's the problem I'm having with it. It's it's. It's a little tough to kind of cut through. Uh, I am having the same problem. Uh, in fact, my husband asked me, you know, being that this is what we do for a living, mm-hmm. he said, oh, I guess we have to watch the New Hampshire results coming in tonight. Uh, and I was like, no, actually, I just don't, I don't feel it. One <laughs> thing I found out is uh, when you watch them come in and you obsess over every little twist and turn, it's still the same result at the end of the night either way. Really? They all report the final results huh. the next day, unless it's Iowa. Right, exactly. Uh, they will eventually tell you who won. Yeah, yeah, which is which I think was my initial problem, was that Iowa was such a disaster, and you had to wait for so long yeah. that by the time that was over, I was like, I don't even care anymore. I'm not even paying attention anymore. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out tomorrow who won New Hampshire. Maybe I'll care a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I can't get into it either. It's such a weird election because... First of all, this is all created by the fact that they have a nonstop slew of terrible candidates. Like, there's just not a good one over there, <laughs> right, right? Right. So they're trying to decipher like who's the least worst out of this group, 
And somehow, so far, they're coming to Bernie Sanders, which is hard to understand. It's hard to understand and also very terrifying. Uh, but, yeah, I do think the results do show how fractured the Democratic Party is because you have so, you know, you have Bernie and you have Buttigieg and you have Klobuchar, three very different candidates who are all right there within the same, you know, percentage points when, I mean, when yeah. you're looking at New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you know, I think Amy, Amy Klobuchar's uh, turnout in New Hampshire was kind of a fluke thing. But yeah. it does go to show, at least for the people in New Hampshire, they are very, very fractured in what type of person they want to lead their party. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it seems like a, a lot of the Warren people abandoned her, which, of course, they should have a right. long time ago. She right. should have never even had a run yeah. at this thing. And the, But then they went to Klobuchar and not Sanders, mm -hmm. which is what everyone kind of thought they would do. And if it wasn't going to be Sanders, they thought they would, they would go to Buttigieg. Right. And he doesn't go to, they don't go to either of them. They go over to Klobuchar. Klobuchar has this thing going, which I think is a good strategy for future elections. And I, I, I want to endorse this if you're a candidate running. Mm. Because, like, if you have, let's say you're um, Elizabeth Warren. You have this, this big run-up. You become the focus. And then you get torn down. Right? Same thing happens with, you know, Biden is at the top. He gets torn down. Uh, Buttigieg has his run. He comes down. He kind of come back up. Uh, a lot of people, Kamala Harris yes. had her run, yes. right? So many people had their run. Amy Klobuchar never had a run. It's true. She was just like two percent the whole time. That's true. And she she's like the she's in the marathon. Yeah. She just decided to stay in last place the whole time, kind of walk in the background, wait for everyone to fall asleep at night, and then sprint. <laughs> it's an interesting philosophy if it, it works for you. It is. I mean, we have yet to see if it will work out for her, but <laughs> I mean, I do think that uh, she is seen. Now, I don't think any of the Democrats in the race are moderate yes. as far as when you're really looking objectively. But I think that she has done a good job of painting herself as moderate, uh, you know, especially when you look at uh, Bernie Sanders coming out and saying there's no room for a pro-life Democrat in this party. Amy Klobuchar said, hold on a second. Yeah. I think there is room for a pro-life Democrat in this party. So, I mean, she's trying to portray herself as this moderate Democrat. And I think the fact that New Hampshire responded to that, uh, you know, in such a, a huge turnout, I think, for Amy Klobuchar, comparatively speaking to the 2% nationally, yeah. just kind of shows that there are a lot of Democrats still out there who are saying, hey, guys, Bernie's really crazy, and I don't think this is a good idea. You're right. I, so I tend to be a pessimist. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. No. Um, I mean, we've done shocking. a thousand shows together, and occasionally I've been pessimistic. A little bit. Is there any part of you that is optimistic by the idea that in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. uh, they actually sort of embrace two, even though they didn't win, but they second and third place, over 40% of the vote mm -hmm. went to what is pitched to us as a moderate candidate? Uh, I would say no. I'm not right. going to be the optimist good, today. Good, good. Yes. I've learned from you. You'd have to you. leave the show. Uh, <laughs> it's not allowed on the show. In the middle of it. Um, only because it would be terrifying if the American people voted for these particular candidates thinking that they were moderate, yeah. vote for them instead of Donald Trump, and then we've got someone who isn't crazy socialist, communist Bernie, but still yeah. would do a lot of damage, I think, to the country. So I would rather people know who they're voting for and not be fooled into some, you know, lull of security that, oh, well, they're, I mean, they're just, they're kind of moderate. They're right. pretty sane. They should be fine. We'll vote for them instead of Trump. And then who knows what type of policies they would implement. Yeah, because I think that's real, right? Like, yeah. there's a lot of people who, you're in Michigan, you're in Pennsylvania, you're in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at this and you're like, well, I don't really like Donald Trump maybe because I don't like his attitude or I don't like X, Y, or Z policy. His tweets. His tweets, whatever it is, right? Um, and then on the other side, uh, you say, well, Bernie Sanders is a socialist. I can't, right. I mean, like this is at the United States of America. I mean, the polls still show that socialism generally is not a popular thing in the United mm -hmm. States. Um, so I, I go back and forth on this. I want to get your read on this. Would you agree that 
maybe Bernie Sanders, if he ran the election 100 times, would be easier to beat than, let's say, a Pete Buttigieg or a Amy Klobuchar, someone who is more moderate. Yes, yes, yes yeah, okay. I would agree with that. I, that's kind of the premise I operate yes. under. Some people don't agree with that, but I, I, think that that's, I think that that's true. I agree. So what do you root for here? Because I think I would rather have Sanders from the idea of, you know, he's probably not going to win. Yes. However, if he does win, the damage is so massive to me. I mean, he's even even separate from Elizabeth Warren is yeah. such a uniquely terrible candidate for our country. I'm afraid the downside is worse than the risk of losing. I mean, I agree. It, it is. It's a gamble. It's yeah. a really big gamble that you take. I mean, I would like to believe, like you said, there are so many Americans who are still rejecting socialism mm -hmm. um, and that it wouldn't be a problem because when it came down to it, Americans would still vote for, you know, Donald Trump. But <laughs> you're right. I mean, you're looking at the destruction of America. You're looking at the destruction of our healthcare industry. I mean, you're looking at the destruction of so many different components of what makes America great if you get someone like Bernie Sanders in yeah. the White House. So I don't know. I mean, it's a toss up. I, I would like to believe, especially with when you look at the, uh, the difference in New Hampshire between Donald Trump's incumbent turnout mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, even Bernie Sanders, who had the highest uh, percentage of voters, the highest yep. you know, number of voters. Still, I mean, you, you got to believe some of the other voters of the other candidates would obviously vote for the Democrat candidate. Mm -hmm. But pretty high turnout for Donald Trump. So really high. I yeah, mean, so just odd. Like, it I got, really was. I don't care what candidate it is. If he's running on a post, I am not going to the polls. Screw you. Oh, well, I, I, I mean, Bill Weld, you I, know, yeah, right. <laughs> formidable That's force true. there. He did. He, I mean, <laughs> what did he get? Like 8%. It yeah. was like his like neighboring state. Uh, that was that was humorous. I mean, but I mean, again, like if you're running on a post, I'm just too lazy. Like, I, I, I agree. I'm not, Why are I'm you not going? taking my afternoon to go out. So that was actually pretty I impressive, I thought. Um, so let's look at this as, as, as where it goes from here, because mm. I thought it was interesting. We're going to Nevada next, the caucus. And, you know, back in the day, 2008, Hillary versus Obama, really Nevada was the turning point in which the unions came out and then they endorsed Obama and they went hardcore for Obama. Mm -hmm. That's not happening here with Sanders. In fact, the unions have come out and said, hey, if Sanders gets his way on health care, you're going to lose your nice little health care plan. And they actually are messaging to their own union members. Mm -hmm. Sanders is not the answer. Um, do you think that Sanders, I mean, he's won two states, basically. Do you, does he run the table here until we get to Bloomberg? Is South Carolina still a legitimate firewall for Biden or is he completely done? Well, how do you see this playing out? Biden's done. Yeah. I think Biden's done. Um, I, you know, and because there is something to be said for the momentum yeah. going into South Carolina. He's got no momentum. You're looking at his credentials. He should be a shoe in I mean, he's a former vice president. Easy. Right. He is a shoe in and he has performed so miserably I mean, it's not even close. So I think Biden's done. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think he's going to realize he's done. Uh, until and, South Carolina, yes, you think? Yes, until after yeah. South Carolina, I see him being completely done. Um, but, I mean, I think Buttigieg is, he's certainly in the running still. I, yeah. I, I he think can raise money, too. I mean, that's the one thing He can raise money. Him. He can raise money. And he's, he's not crazy Bernie. Right, because right. it might come down to people just saying, like, is it he's crazy, not crazy Bernie or somebody else? And Buttigieg, you know, look, obviously he's, you know, pretty decent speaker. He's younger. That's a good profile for Democrats. Mm -hmm. they, they've won more often with younger candidates than like John Kerry, right. uh, which is not a good profile. Um, but I, I wonder if there is a there's a part of um, the Democrats in general that look at this thing and they say, OK, you've got Nevada, which probably goes probably goes to Bernie. Yeah. I mean, he was he was at the, you know, leading that anyway, going, you know, before Iowa. 
So probably goes to Bernie. He's always good at those caucus states. Then you have South Carolina. You have this one firewall, I guess, for Biden or a Buttigieg or somebody else to step up and say, "Okay, I'm going to be the moderate alternative. And then you've got Mike Bloomberg with his half a billion dollars sitting there ready to light him up on on those on those states uh, for Super Tuesday. Do you think Bloomberg, even after this controversy over the past couple of days, has a chance uh, to actually make a dent on Super Tuesday? I do, actually, which is it's funny because he shouldn't. No. I mean, he's he's, a he's terrible. B, he's everything the Democrats say that they don't want. He's everything that they hate about Donald Trump. He is a billionaire and he's an old white guy. Yeah. And a jerk. Right. Like, I mean, you know, like even if you like Donald Trump, you're kind of like, yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Right. Same kind of thing with Bloomberg. Right. Like if you like Bloomberg, part of the reason you like him is he's ready to just kind of flip you off when he wants to get something done. Right. Right. And I don't know. I mean, when you when you have. A guy who is, uh, I mean, the stuff he said about women hasn't even started to come out yet. I mean, he hasn't even paid any price for that yet, let alone this sort of racial stuff that goes on. Uh, It is a it's it's a road that doesn't seem plausible, especially when you have half the candidates on stage saying that billionaires shouldn't even exist. Right. Some of them are billionaires saying it. (laughs) I know. I know. But Democrats have this weird way of skating above their own standards that they set for everyone else. I mean, we see it with so many people that they never have to answer for their own Me Too violations or, you know, the the fact that they are themselves billionaires or millionaires, you know, millionaires and billionaires. But Bernie's going to stop saying billionaires (laughs) or stop saying you know billionaires because he's only a millionaire Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm only going to target billionaires. I like that. Yeah so I mean you know we see them they never have to hold themselves to the same standards that they hold everyone else to. I think the same thing is going to apply to Mike Bloomberg. Yeah what do you think about this theory? Okay Bernie Sanders kept complaining about millionaires and tweeting about millionaires for a very long time Mm -hmm. and then eventually he became one. (laughs) <laughs> now he's only tweeting about billionaires. Is he trying to make it happen? Like, you know, when you say Beetlejuice oh, three times, he comes. He's putting it into the universe. If you just keep saying billionaires, maybe eventually he'll have to go to trillionaires <laughs> because he's become a billionaire himself. Theory? I mean, if that, if that is his strategy, I, I commend him. I, that is I, the I, winning might, strategy. I like him more. I'm going to start tweeting about millionaires as well <laughs> yeah. in hopes that I become one. That which you tweet, complain about you become, I believe <laughs> is the go. thing, right? Okay, go uh, to YouTube. Uh, Unfiltered is the channel. Sarah Gonzalez, because of course, search for that. And of course, News and Why It Matters, which I'm very much missing right now. We miss you. Miss it's me. not the same. It's not the same without you. Oh. We had our we had our two-year anniversary today, and you weren't there. Two-year anniversary? Yes. I can't, that does not seem like two years ago. I know. Well, I want to come back as soon as I can get... We're going to try to do this thing where we get the show posted on time once. <laughs> and at that point, we'll start considering doing other things. Okay. Sarah Gonzalez, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Back in a second. So, you know, I feel like if you're going to be dealing with this presidential election in a Democratic primary like this, you should be able to at least make money off of it. That's kind of my theory on this. Uh, If you're going to have to deal with a circus every single night, then you should absolutely be able to benefit with actual cash. I mean, is that too much to ask in this world? This is America we're talking about. Predicted.org is a site in which you can basically uh, invest in your prediction as to what's going to happen in the world of politics. And it sounds like something that's blatantly illegal and it's going to get you taken out of the back door with a SWAT team. But no, 
it's actually legal. They got this all cleared. Um, and there is uh, there are certain limits that you can't you know put too much money in or into uh, each individual contract. But the concept is a very interesting one. And in that what if you kind of gave people an opportunity to put their mouth money where their mouth is? Right. What if it wasn't like you can always answer a poll and say, I think this is going to happen and I think this is going to happen. But what if you had an opportunity to be able to essentially bet, uh, predict uh, what is going to happen in a presidential election or a, a primary? It's something I really love fooling around with. It's just a lot of fun. And um, they have uh, you kind of get a good sense as to where people really believe the outcome is because it's your real money on the line. And, you know, there's a back end thing about academics and interests and how prediction markets could help predict things better, whatever. All I know is you put your money in and you predict something and you can, if you get it right, you get more money. Uh, if you get it wrong, you get less. That's kind of the way this works. So let me give you an example of one of these markets. This is uh, who's going to win in, in Nevada, the Nevada Democratic Caucus. Now, I'll focus your attention here uh, if you're watching on Blaze TV. If you're, I'll, I'll give this uh, the details to the podcast listeners, but this first column here, which says latest yes price. Basically, the idea, if you think about that, is percentages. So right now, who's going to win Nevada? They say Bernie Sanders is 74% chance of winning. Pete Buttigieg, 13% chance. Amy Klobuchar, 12% chance. Joe Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., still 10% chance. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, only 3%. And Tom Steyer at 2% is the way uh, uh, it looks uh, right now in Nevada. Now, it's kind of an interesting um, grouping there because... Uh, Steyer, for example, I was in Nevada over Christmas uh, break, and I mean, he has plastered this place with ads. They're everywhere. They're everywhere in Nevada. Uh, he's spending a fortune there and in South Carolina to try to win. He's only at 2%. Some of his polls have been better than that. Uh, but you see that Bernie Sanders is the overwhelming favorite to win there. So if you said, I think Bernie Sanders uh, is going to uh, win that election, you could buy shares. Like, say you put $74 in. If he wins, you get 100 back. So, you'd, you know, it'd be nice. Now, if you take Tom Steyer and you put uh, $2 in, you could get $100 for every $2 you put back in. Whoever wins goes to 100 and whoever loses goes to zero. It's kind of the way it works. Let me give you a couple of others here because this is an interesting way of just looking at how the race is coming down. Uh, South Carolina. Uh, who's going to win in South Carolina? Well, Bernie Sanders is the favorite there as well. 48% chance of winning, according to Predict It. Uh, Biden at 36%. Steyer at 11 And Steyer's seen some double-digit polls there, so he's actually competitive in South Carolina. Pete Buttigieg at 6%. Now, again, this is the guy that's supposed to be the firewall moderate candidate. A 6% chance to win South Carolina. Biden's still getting a really nice uh, level there at 36%. If you think Joe Biden's done, well, the predict prediction markets don't really think so uh, so far. The polling, there was national polls that came out today that still had Biden only down by four points. As much as it feels like he's done, maybe he has a little bit more life left in him. So what does this mean for the actual overall nomination? Here's what the nomination fight looks for and the Democratic uh, looks like in the Democratic Party right now. Uh, you have uh, first place Bernie Sanders at 48 uh, percent. Michael Bloomberg is in second, which is incredible, 26 percent. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, only 13. Biden at 11. Klobuchar, 8. Clinton, 4. I love that. People will not let Hillary Clinton not run for president. They just wanted to run, <laughs> run so bad. So right now you can get a 4% profit because I don't think Hillary Clinton's jumping into the race right about now. Uh, so you go to predicted.org. We're going to talk a little bit about this and it's a different way to kind of cover the election. And we'll give you kind of the breakdowns. I'll give you some strategies to play. We'll make money together. That's what we do here. I got to pay for your entire subscription to Blaze TV. Back in a second.
You might recognize my next guest from the news and why it matters or theblaze.com, but where you might not recognize him is his kingdom atop Mount Olympus, where he serves as the literal magical wizard that took my stupid Nancy Pelosi sucks pen idea and turned it into something that people actually bought for some reason. Rob Eno, thank you for making the long 15-yard walk from your desk. Hey, thanks for having me on. It was very nice. Uh, so what do you take from last night in New Hampshire? Um, I, I take that the people of New Hampshire really didn't know who they wanted to vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, I take that the people that New Hampshire knows the best because they get the Boston TV market are the ones they like the least, which is Elizabeth Warren <laughs> and uh, my former governor when I lived in Massachusetts, Deval Patrick. Yeah. They apparently did not want a subprime banker as the president of the United States. Mm. Um, so I take that and, and I take that socialism is on the ascendancy in the Democratic Party. I'm old enough to remember that when we told a Democrat that they had socialist ideas that they said we were red baiting. Right. And now they're just taking it completely. Or racist. It was racist. red baiting or racist, racist, depending on who you were talking about. Exactly. That is fa- a fascinating change, I think. I mean, this party has come a long freaking way. There's no party, though, that looks at this and says, okay, well, second and third place, though, were supposedly this moderate lane, which I don't buy at all, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did add up to more than Sanders. You can make the argument. Yeah, you absolutely can. I mean, Sanders, like you said, had the lowest, the lowest vote total of anybody that's won New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Steve Day said it on his show today that nobody that's gotten over under 100,000 votes in the New Hampshire primary has beat the incumbent president. Mm. So that's another statistic that we're looking at. Yeah, that's and, a big problem because I'm surprised. Honestly, like there's a lot of things I don't like about the, the Democrats and their right. candidates. I think they're a terrible slew of candidates. I am surprised, though, just from the anti-Trump feelings of the left that they wouldn't be more motivated to go out there and vote. Right. And, and young people, they were like, the young people are going to be what takes us over the top. They could. Nobody excited them. Bernie was supposed to excite them. Pete obviously didn't excite them. It's the party that's supposed to be about, you know, inclusivity and diversity. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like a 40 year old or 70 year old white person. Right. It's like in their, in their party the, every single Republican debate in 2016 had more people of color on that stage because you had Marco Rubio, you had Ben Carson, mm-hmm. and you had Ted Cruz. Yeah. Every single debate had more people of color than are running in the Democratic primary. That is bizarre. I mean, you know, it's, it's actually not bizarre, but it's just from the media narrative, it really is. Um, so when it comes to the sort of socialist stuff, this is a party that's moved a very long way in a very short time. Uh, you saw Chris Matthews uh, talking about this. And, and it's, Chris Matthews is a weird guy because he's sort of an old school Democrat. Right. Um, and he's insane. I, t- you know, I think he's completely insane. However, he has these moments of clarity every once in a while. And he kind of went off on the socialist thing. Uh, the, t- was it today or last it, night? It was last, yeah. it was last week. It was, after the, okay. it was after the Democratic debate mm-hmm. on Friday in New okay, Hampshire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, why nobody could put up their hand? But Amy did. But nobody can put up their hand to say, no, 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 I'm not going to support a socialist for president as a Democrat. He's like, socialism is what we fought against. I mean, he worked for, for John Kennedy. He worked mm-hmm. for a bunch of these people running up. And he, and he actually said, socialists are the people that would have hangings in Central Park. He said, in my past lives, I would have been one of the people that they trotted out to Central Park and, and hung. Now, if we had said that, we would be considered crazy. Yes. Um, you know, I, I put, did, did he take the red pill that morning? Like, did, <laughs> did, did Chris Matthews all of a sudden get red pilled? Uh-huh. I don't think so. I think he, he really is. I, I think he's an old school party line Democrat. Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of ideology there. 
because, you know, a lot of those old school Democrats and Republicans from that era really didn't have ideology. I mean, John Kennedy would be a Republican today. Oh, yeah. With everything that he that he stood for. I mean, Scott Brown famously put that ad where he just kept doing Kennedy's speech about lowering taxes um, when he ran in, in 2010. So it, it's it's just absolutely amazing how far the and like you said, in a very short period of time. Because you're going back to Kennedy. Let me go back to 2006. This is Amy Klobuchar in a debate for the Senate in 2006. I mean, this could almost be in a Trump commercial today. Watch. I do believe that we need more resources at the border and that that includes a fence. What we have now, we have people waiting to come in legally. Thousands of people waiting to come in legally to this country, and we have people coming in illegally. That's not right. All right, we so, need that, to so get you, you get the point here. Like, what is this party? This party that was strong on the border, supposedly, that wanted to build a fence? I mean, is the only difference between that party and Trump today that it was a wall instead of a fence? Outside of that, that could be in one of his speeches. And, and she didn't say it with meanness. No, that's true. He says it with meanness. That's true. That's a good you point. You know, he, he comes from a place of hate. Right. And a place see. of meanness when mm-hmm. he says that. But it's not just her. It's all of the Democrats. You go back 20 years, Chuck Schumer's calling for a while. They're oh, yeah. all calling for enforcement. You know, even even Obama had called for harsh yeah. enforcement in the past. Yeah, I mean, Harry, you go back and listen to those Harry Reid speeches from like the mid '90s. The guy sounds like he's, you know, I mean, he'd be thrown out of MSNBC studios today for the, what he was saying. Right. And, sure. and a lot of it comes from who they get funded from, right? You know, they they say big money. One of their biggest donors and the people that brings out bodies to help Democrats get elected is the SEIU, the union, the SEIU, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a predominantly service industry union, and it's predominantly. Latino. I mean, that that's just mm-hmm. the union has a very heavily Latino part to it. And the service union is for all this stuff. But the trade unions, you know, the guys that swing yeah. the hammers, hammers and do all that are not for it. You see that in in um, you see that in Nevada. Right. Bernie Sanders wants to have Medicare for all. And he's he's pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And the I think it's the restaurant workers or one of the unions, yeah. like the biggest union yep. in Nevada is saying, Whoa, no, you're going to stop our Cadillac plans that we fought so hard to keep yeah. under Obamacare because they're going to take it away from us in Obamacare. Which is, I mean, a totally legitimate argument, by the way. If you work right. hard and you get these things, you shouldn't have to give them up. It's ridiculous, I think. Um, so, uh, you, I mean, we've talked a, a bunch uh, uh, over the past year or so and going back and talking about historical elections and looking back at history. And I think what's fascinating here is like in 2016, you have something that's really never happened before. A guy who's a you know, celebrity candidate who had never had any experience in, in politics and kind of came in and took over. And, and was, it was like almost like a live experiment, right, with our, with, our, uh, with our system. The same thing is happening here. There's never been a candidate that's come out and is going to spend $500 million of his own money on ads. Bloomberg, yeah. Bloomberg's right around the corner. If Sanders is able to, to win Nevada, have a strong showing in South Carolina, there's no real moderate opposition. Is it going to come down for the Democrats to make a choice between, I mean, two terrible options in Bernie Sanders and Michael Bloomberg? Yeah, it, it's going to be the, the guy that hates billionaires or the billionaire, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's what it's going to be. Can you imagine in Milwaukee, I think it's Milwaukee, right, is where yeah, the yeah. convention is. Can you imagine the streets of Milwaukee if they take the nomination from Bernie Sanders and give it to a billionaire? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be absolutely insane. And you know it's going to be insane because Bernie's own supporters are saying on hidden camera that James O'Keefe gets mm-hmm. that they're going to do this stuff. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, I, I don't understand how they can take it from Bernie. And I love that Trump's like, 
pouring on the fire. <laughs> oh, they're trying to steal it from me again, Burn. But like, like he's like super, like just leaning into it. Yeah, you know, because he doesn't. It's, it's funny because it's he's trolling a little bit, but I think it's actually real with the Bernie people. I mean, like, yeah. you know, look, Elizabeth Warren, like she's very liberal, and 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 she is, I believe, a socialist, but not with the dedication levels of a Bernie Sanders. The people who are out there. And, and, and these people who are not only fighting for Bernie, and I think it's an important addition to, the, to your James O'Keefe point, which is he's not firing those people for these things. No. He's, he is protecting people who are saying that they are going to murder others, they're going to light Milwaukee on fire, that, they want to, that gulags aren't all that bad. He's keeping them around. And the sort of loyalty that that builds to a, a person who's making 25, 30 grand a year as a field organizer uh, if this thing blows up in their face, it's going to blow up in our face, too. No, I absolutely think so. But, but that's their ideology, right? Yeah. Their ideology is socialism, and socialism is violent. And you try to tell people on social media, and they're like, no, well, you don't know democratic socialism. I had somebody tell me they were a libertarian socialist the other day. <laughs> I, I never and he was like, one. And he was like, he yeah. was like no, no, really, there, there's some of us out there. I'm like, well, you're living a contradiction. Yeah. You're living an oxymoron, because there is no way you can be a libertarian and a socialist, because under a socialist government, you have no civil liberties. I agree with you. I've you know I've read on this before because I've had the same moment of like, what are you even talking about? These things are, tr-. and it's like you'll get down that road and you may never come out. Uh, so I'm warning you right now. We don't have an extra seven hours uh, to get into that one because that one is just a, a nightmare. Let me talk to you a little bit about the media though, because okay. I think one of the big reasons why Donald Trump is our president is the way the media reacted to him in 2016 and has only, as you point out. Pour, pour more gas on the fire the entire time. They say he's the worst person of all time. They're constantly unfair uh, to him. Um, and, you know, I, I don't even come at that as like some hardcore Trump cheerleader. It's like even someone who's not like a hardcore Trump cheerleader can see they're just they just kill him on everything. So if they continue this, which it looks like they're going to, is there a is there a, a reaction from the average person who's in the middle of the country and it might be in Michigan, it might be in Pennsylvania that looks at this and just says, look, I don't even love Trump that much, but I can't deal with the way the media handles this. And I have to go back to him. We're in good, good economy. Uh, and they've been unfair to him this whole time. And I'm not going to reward that behavior. I think you're absolutely right. I think every time the media goes nuts on him, he, his, his popularity increases. And I think you're right about the people in the middle of the country. It, it came out today, I think, in Gallup, 25% more people today think that they're better off than they were the day before Donald Trump became the president. Yeah. No president that has that loses. And it's funny, the left will keep telling you, and my leftist friends will keep telling me, the economy's awful. You know, we got to work 27 jobs, we got to do that. I'm like, you don't understand. The reason that nobody can get a job and that the jobs are going a little bit higher or, or the job growth isn't as much mm-hmm. is because we are now at a full economy. And yeah. you have people that are coming out of or coming into the labor force that had completely given up. You know, that's what you're seeing. There, there's a reason that minority unemployment rates and minority wage rates are going up. The people that are getting the most money are the people at the lowest end of the pay scale. Yeah. They're seeing the that's largest true. growth. It's the thing that the Democrats and the left has always said, oh, this economy is great for the rich and people are being left behind and the real median wage has never really gone up. Yeah. When you adjust it for inflation and all these things that they say, that. that's all happening now. Yeah. No, and people know that it is. So uh, let me ask you this. Is the, are the media tactics working then under this con, under this construct? Because here you have one of the most successful economies we've ever seen in our lifetime, and we get celebratory tweets from the White House when they get to forty nine percent approval rating. Like that's not like forty nine percent should be a base for an economy like this. 
and you know Republicans are celebrating it. I mean, is the media having a big effect? I, I think it's having an effect, but not with people that are going to vote. I think when people go to vote, you, you saw this in the election, right? It, it, yes, the polls were right. Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote, yep. but you started a much larger difference. I think people, when they're asked, aren't going to tell you they're going to vote for Donald Trump because they fear that they won't be cool or that the media yeah. is putting down. But I think when you get to that place, I think you're going to see that, that people are going to vote for Donald Trump. And I think that his real approval rating is probably a little bit higher. And the one that really matters is among voters. I mean, sure. it doesn't matter with just Americans. And among voters, and I think when you, when you look at IVR, which is when you can do it on the phone and you're not talking to a real person, mm -hmm. you see Donald Trump's approval ratings go up higher, because... Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not, I think people are afraid to tell a real person that yeah. they like Donald Trump, but they're fine pressing a button on a phone. Yeah, and I, I think that is, there's definitely an element there. Um, I wonder if, and because I, I think it's definitely true, if you have a person who's on the fence a little bit, they go into that voting booth, it's Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, and they might not even like Trump, but they might say, look, things are going well. We know the economy's here. Yeah, I don't like the tweets, or I don't like this or that, but I don't want to risk this, this entire country on socialism. And I think a lot of people will bounce towards Donald Trump in that scenario. In a scenario, however, where you have, a, let's say, a Pete Buttigieg or an Amy Klobuchar, who's presented at least by the media as a sensible, moderate option, a return to normalcy. Not a revolution like Sanders, but a return to normalcy. This is a normal Democrat. It's like an Obama. You'll love him. That could be effective to some people. And, you know, as you point out, you know, Trump, it was a close election last time. Right. Uh, it, it only takes, I mean, what was it? It was about 40,000 votes if they switched from Clinton to Trump and right. it was in the right areas would have switched that election. I mean, they do have an awful lot of power if if they don't, if the Democrats don't give the gift of Sanders. Right. But I think the gift of Buttigieg, right, is for whatever reason, African-Americans do not like Pete Buttigieg. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's true. They just do not like him. And if he's an, and, and I, I, my friends from back in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're like, no, we don't like him. And it's not because of his, you know, sexuality or whatever. It's because of what he did in, yeah, in, 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 in the city of yeah. South Bend. Mm -hmm. And they just don't like him. And I could see them either staying home or some of them say, hey, you know, this economy under Trump, I got a job, I'm doing this, maybe we just pull the button for him. Yeah. So maybe Amy Klobuchar, um, I think Bloomberg would be interesting. Does Bloomberg run as an independent if he doesn't win the nomination? And does that just give the nomination to Trump? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it's interesting. It is going to be very interesting. All right, Robbie, you know, uh, News and Why It Matters, theblaze.com. Also, great media newsletter as well. Where can people get that? Uh, it, WTFMSM, dot, or actually not dot com. WTFMSM, if you look for it under newsletters on the Blaze, you can sign up for it. All right, Robbie, you know, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me on. Back in a second. Before we leave, I mean, we already talked about the pens a little bit today, and that's very important. They're basically our sponsor for the segment. Uh, not really our sponsor, but just another way to provide valuable revenue to Blaze TV, and more importantly, to let all of your friends know that Nancy Pelosi sucks. That's right, Nancy Pelosi does suck, and she has a pen to tell you so. NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. If you go to NancyPelosiSucksPen.com, you can uh, get this uh, amazing pen, and it looks, I mean, legitimately, I actually say, because Rob and I went through this process of actually... <laughs> these things together. I was a little nervous at the beginning, like, is it going to be a crappy pen with Nancy Pelosi's signature? It's actually a really nice pen. I can't do it for you. You did. Okay. I will say Rob did very much come through on that one. Uh, so go to NancyPelosiSucksPen.com NancyPelosiSucksPen.com Get yours today and let everyone know that Nancy Pelosi sucks. Back in a second. 
You know, as a conservative, you don't get a lot of uh, opportunity to see shows that are actually like funny or entertaining and talk about conservative uh, ideas and, and politics and all that. And there's a few here on The Blaze. Uh, I think we do that fairly well. A couple of other places have uh, an example or two. But it's important that if you actually care about this stuff and you want more of it, uh, that you go and, and subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on uh, podcast as well. Uh, go to blazetv.com. Uh, use the promo code Stu. You can save 10 bucks. So that's another way to do it. Um, we are up to, we're in the top uh, 30 news podcasts in America right now. So thank you so much for doing uh, so much work on this one already. Uh, it was nice to pass Vox because, you know, I, I wanted to do a kind of a, a rundown where I could just say how I beat Vox explained just to annoy them. Um, so that's there as well. Uh, we encourage you to sign up and uh, we will see you tomorrow.